Welcome to today's reading of the Bible 365 Daily Bible Reading. Today, March 27, we're on Deuteronomy chapter 7 to 8 verse 20. Let's go ahead and ask God to bless our time together. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord God, for this time we have together. We ask you to bless every minute, bless this hour as we come together to know you and know you, the words, Lord God. So strengthen us according to your word, according to your blessing. We ask the Holy Spirit to guide us and teach us and instruct us in what manner we should be learning. We thank you for the audience. We ask you to bless them exceedingly, abundantly, above all they can imagine or think. Just bless them, Lord, for they are hearing your word, Lord God, and we are asking you to be with them and comfort them and help them in their daily living. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 7. When the Lord your God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away many nations ahead of you. The Hittites, Girgashites, Amorites, Canaanites, Parasites, Hivites and Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them, you must completely destroy them. Make no treaties with them and show them no mercy. You must not intermarry with them. Do not let your daughters and sons marry their sons and daughters. For they will lead your children away from me to worship other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and he will quickly destroy you. This is what you must do. You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars, cut down their Asherah poles, and burn their idols. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and chose you because you were more numerous than any other nation. For you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. And he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive, oppressive hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavish his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. But he does not hesitate to punish and destroy those who reject him. Therefore, you must obey all the commands, decrees, and regulations I'm giving you today. If you listen to these regulations and faithfully obey them, the Lord your God will keep this covenant of unfailing love with you. As he promised with an oath to your ancestors, he will love you and bless you and he will give you many children. He will give fertility to your land and your animals. When you arrive in the land, he swore to give your ancestors, you will have large harvests of grain, new wine and olive oil, great herds of cattle, Sheep and goats, you will be blessed above all the nations of the earth. None of your men or women will be childish, and all your livestock will bear young. And the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer from the terrible diseases you knew in Egypt, but he will inflict them on all your enemies. You must destroy all the nations the Lord your God hands over to you. Show them no mercy, and do not worship their gods, or they will trap you. Perhaps you will think to yourself, 
How can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? But don't be afraid of them. Just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to all the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them. You saw it all with your own eyes. And remember the miraculous signs and wonders and the strong hand and powerful arm with which he brought you out of Egypt. The Lord your God will use the same power against all the people you fear. And then the Lord your God will send terror to drive out the few survivors still hiding from you. No, do not be afraid of these nations. For the Lord your God is among you, and he is a great and awesome God. The Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you little by little. You will not clear them away all at once. Otherwise, the wild animals will multiply too quickly for you. But the Lord your God will hand them over to you. He will throw them into complete confusion until they are destroyed. He will put their kings in your power and you will erase their names from the face of the earth. No one will be able to stand against you and you will destroy them all. You must burn their idols in fire and you must not covet their silver or gold that covers them. You must not take it or it will become a trap for you. For it is detestable to the Lord your God. Do not bring any detestable object into your home for then you will be destroyed just like them. You must utterly detest such things for they are set apart for destruction. Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your, to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you will obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. For all these 40 years, your clothes didn't wear out and your feet didn't bluster or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oils and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. It is a land where iron is as common as stone. The copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good man he has given you. But that is the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous and have built fine homes to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and gold have multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Do not become proud at that time and, and forget the Lord your God 
who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions. Where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He fed you with manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you and test you for your own good. He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful in order to fulfill the covenant he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. But I assure you of this, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. Wow. Talk to me, girl. What did you get out of it? Let me go back here. Um, I, I like... I, oh, go ahead. Um, I like in the beginning when it talks about um, the Lord and, you know, it says that the Lord, it's in seven. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than the other nations. Rather, it's simply that the Lord loves you and he was keeping his oath he swore to the ancestors. Um, and that is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive land, hand of Pharaoh. And, um, and then it talks about how he keeps his covenant and how he's faithful for a thousand generations. Amen. That's beautiful. I like the part where he says, because he loves you. Yeah, because he loves you. So in other words, he chooses, it says that in, uh, where does it, what scripture is that in John? Um, I chose you, you didn't choose me. It kind of reminds me of that, that he cho- chose you because he loves you. Amen. And, or, you know, we love because he first loved us, right? Kind of. Amen, amen. What about the part where it's in Hebrews here where it says, uh, oh no, it's in Matthew where Jesus fights the devil. He says, yet he humbled you by letting you go hungry mm-hmm. and then feeding you with manna. So there's a, there's a humbleness by being hungry. There's a humbleness when we run into trouble. And then we praise and bless the Lord. He feeds us with the answer, with manna. A food previously unknown to you and your answers. He did it to teach you mm-hmm. that people do not live by bread alone. Yes, it, yes. Do, have we learned that one? Yes, yes. And that's it's in John, right? And, and um, Matthew. Yeah, but, but uh, that caught that too. It's like, well, that's the first time I've ever seen it in, Deut- in another place. Yeah, that's yeah. the beauty of reading yeah. the Old Testament. That uh-huh. That's where yeah. Jesus was quoting from to the mm-hmm. devil. Right, right. He Very said, good. rather we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Yeah. And the yeah. word here is what? Rhema, that comes from the Lord. Every word that's the spirit Perceive filled. That, yeah, proceeds out of the mouth of God. It's yes. not logos, it's rhema that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Yes. That it changes things. Yeah, inspiring too. Amen. Um, so that's what we have to answer to to uh, situations that the Lord God 
You know, he will cause the grapevines, the fig trees, the pomegranates, the olive oil, and the honey to overflow. A land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. A land where iron is common and stone, the copper is abundant in the hills. When you have eaten, filled, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has mm -hmm. given you. Either you praise him for the good prosperity he's given you, or you're praising him for the problems that are in front of you. They're both the same. You know, one of them is maintaining his prosperity by thanksgiving and gratitude. And the other one's maintaining, he stopped digging by thanking God for the problems. And now he's going in the other direction. He's going, he's moving over to just praising the Lord for the, the prosperity and the honey and the milk and so forth. So that's where we want to get there. We're start slowly moving over to the side where we're praising God for his goodness and his wonderful care and his friendship. Mostly his friendship that he provides, what he says in his word, he provides for us. Amen. Um, one of the things, too, I, he kind of, it's kind of a little, if you, you know, it's a little long, but it's repetitive. It says, if you, if you don't worship other gods and you follow all the commands and all the decrees, it, you know, it reiterates that, but then, you know, he keeps speaking that, you know, when you get to this place, don't forget. Don't forget I'm the one who brought you out of Egypt. Don't forget that I gave you manna from heaven. And, I, you know, don't forget I humbled you and did this. I mean, I just feel like he doesn't want us to forget what he does for us. I, I mean, that's kind of what I've got today. It's, and I like it, to, you know, but here in number... Uh, I don't know what that number is, too small. But it says, but that this is a time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands. So in other words, when you become successful, when your crops are, you know, your flocks are prospering and become large and you have lots of silver and gold and it's multiplied. So he, he sounds like he's, he's the type of God that makes you real prosperous here, you know. So um, it says, do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from sla slavery in the land of Egypt. Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions. Where it was so hot and dry, he gave you water from the rock. He just reminds them, these are all the things I've done. Don't forget that. So I kind of take that for us today. It's like we have to always recall all that God has brought us through. All the, all the miracles, all the, the goodness, all the everyday benefits that we receive, all the blessings that constantly come in the house. We, we want to always remember what he's doing for us. And, pray, and praise him and thank him, right? Amen. When you have eaten, you're filled. Be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Of course, the food is coming from the land, so you praise God for the land, not for the food. Right. <laughs> you praise God, and God is, the next level is God providing the land and giving everything order for it to grow seed of its kind. Amen, amen. Let's see, for 40 years, you're closed in and wear out. Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you today. Anyway, uh, in verse 22, 722, mm -hmm. 
It says, uh, the Lord your God will drive those nations out ahead of you, mm-hmm. little by little. You will not clear them away all at once. And it says, notice that the conquest was to take place little at a time. God knew that throwing mm-hmm. enemies out of the land had to be followed by immediate rebuilding. I'm reading to you from the Recovery Bible. He will give his people new temper territory only when they were ready to move in and take advantage of the conquest. We need to recognize that recovery is a long-term process. We should not expect immediate success. Instead, we should look for safety, for steady progress. Excuse me. God gives us victory as we are ready to take advantage of them and build on them. We must trust him to move us forward according to his timing. God often uses the hard times in life to teach us important lessons. Here we see that he had a twofold purpose in Israel's 40 years of wandering. First, the trials were brought upon Israel to teach them humility. God wanted them to learn what they really were in relationship to him. Second, the trials were given to test their Israelites so they could demonstrate what was really in their hearts. Sometimes God tests us in similar ways, pushing us to examine ourselves. We need to take advantage of the difficult times, using them as stepping stones to recovery. In chapter 8, verse 16 to 18, as we begin to experience some success in rebuilding our lives, we should remember to give credit where credit is due. We must be careful to give God the glory. We must not selfishly claim what belongs to God alone, for this leads to proud self-sufficiency, that invariably leads to a fall. And in verses 19 to 20, it says, If you forget the, the Lord your God and follow other gods, worship and bowing down like TikTok, you will certainly be destroyed. Just as the Lord has destroyed all the nations in your path, you also will be destroyed if you refuse to obey the Lord your God. If we fail to obey God's instruction, we should expect His anger. These verses should challenge us to take careful inventory of our lives, we need to determine those areas and just need restructuring and renewal. We need to determine those areas in us that need restructuring and renewal. God's wrath is not to be taken lightly, but if we are willing to change with his help, his grace is more than sufficient to help us overcome problems. And one of the things I learned this week is getting on our knees and being humble uh, gives God the glory. Uh, we, we keep grace alive. We, we're under grace, and we keep grace coming in by being humble. And by us reading and humbling ourselves and reading this on a daily basis, we make ourselves humble, and we keep that cap over us, the kingdom of God, which is grace. Amen. Amen. That's all I got, baby. Okay, that's all. Okay, let's go on to Luke chapter 7, verse 36 to 8, 3. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on, perfume, on, perfume on them. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would 
know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other. But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the largest debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only a little love. Only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Saved you. Go in peace. Soon after, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him along with some woman, women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, uh, Joanna, the wife of Chuza Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Wow, amen. Well, let's see. Uh, this is a really good illustration of how Jesus used the debt to show the to show well which one is going to be loving me more or which one is going to be uh, what did he say? Um, more loving, more love. Yeah, who do you suppose loved him more after that? That was his question. And obviously Simon got it. Well, the person who, who had more debt forgiven, right? And so, and so the, he got that. Okay, so then Jesus started pointing out when he walked, came in the house, well, you didn't anoint my head with oil. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't, you know, you, bear, you kissed me when I walked in. But look at this woman. She's been kissing my feet all night long with rare perfume washing and just at his knees and just loving on him. And he's loving it, it sounds like to me. So, um, I guess that is a good illustration. Uh, and, and it says here, the person who, okay, so, um, the, a person who knows they're forgiven loves much. And the, the person that doesn't know they're forgiven doesn't love as much is what I think he's saying here. 
you know. Um, but I also noticed that um, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. That's kind of like what he said to the woman at, with the um, issue of blood. Remember when she touched his garment? Your faith has made you well. So here he's using, uh, your faith has saved you, right? So we are saved by faith, you know, through grace. Amen. So that's a good point in that, you know, her faith to love and to to know she's a forgiven woman, you know, has, has, has her faith has saved her. Amen. I guess. Amen. And, and yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, I just, that popped out real quick. And then it, I love the part where all these women, he's out there preaching. The disciples are with him, but there's a, a few women in, in, in his uh, circle who are um, using their own resources to support him. Wow. The women followed him around, it says, you know. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. You know, the women had resources to do that. You know, they, whatever they would, cooking, whatever they had, you know, they were offering it to Jesus. That's fantastic. And anyway, that's what I got. Amen. I just want to say, uh, when we live our life without reference to God's grace, without reference to God, that's why we thank God for every situation because we have an automatic reference to God. And our problems, our challenges, our situations are the reminders of our reference to God. And what do we get for thanking God for the situation just the way it is? Grace. Grace becomes an, an, an more of a, of a common theme in our lives. The kingdom of God, the grace, we're under the canopy. Mm. You know, so we, uh, we try not to... Uh, see grace freshly new by by miracles and signs and wonders is that odd or is that god's situations is grace has turned so we don't let grace turn old grace can turn into an entitlement and we think that grace is just there like the sun is like air but grace we if we don't give grace the right acknowledgement and god give god the glory God's grace will pull away and we'll become irritant, judgmental, disgruntled with our own life and with others very easily. You know, grace allows us to enjoy love, mm -hmm. the love of God. We don't yeah. deserve it. Right. You know, we don't have, you know, we're the children of God. We right. have access to his grace. Amen. You know? May the grace of God be upon you and grow in wisdom and stature and love for God's people. Amen. And that's all I got, sweetheart. Okay, babe. I'll read Psalm sixty nine, which I like because there all there's a special line in here that 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 Jesus uses, and I love it. Okay, it says, uh, "Persevere in your prayers to God. Commit your plans to his to his outcome." Psalm sixty nine one to eighteen. Save me, O God, for the flood waters are up to my neck. Deeper and deeper, I sink into the mire. I can't find a foothold. I'm in deep water, and the floods overwhelm me. I'm exhausted from crying for help. My throat is parched. My eyes are swollen with weeping, waiting for my God to help me. Those who hate me 
without a cause, outnumber the hairs on my head. Many enemies tried to destroy me with lies, demanding that I give back what I didn't steal. Amen. Oh God, you know how foolish I am. My sins cannot be hidden from you. Don't let those who trust in you be ashamed because of me. O sovereign Lord of heaven's armies, don't let me cause them to be humiliated, O God of Israel. For I endure insults for your sake. Humiliation is written all over my face. Even my own brothers pretend they don't know me. They treat me like a stranger. Passion for your house has consumed me, and the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When I weep and fast, they scoff at me. When I dress in burlap to show sorrow, they make fun of me. I am the favorite topic of the town gossip, and all the drunks sing about me. But I keep pray, praying to you, Lord, hoping this time you will show me favor in your unfailing love, O God. Answer my prayer with, with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mud. Don't let me sink any deeper. Save me from those who hate me. And pull me from these deep waters. Don't let the floods overwhelm me, or the deep waters swallow me, or the pit of death devour me. Answer my prayers, O Lord, for your unfailing love is wonderful. Take care of me, for your mercy is so plentiful. Don't hide from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am deep in deep trouble. Come and redeem me. Free me from my enemies. Amen. Amen and amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Be gracious unto you. May the Lord answer all your prayers as you humble yourself and pray and seek him on your knees, giving him praise and glory. Honor the Lord God with your first fruit and all your increase, and your barns will overflow. And you'll have plenty. Amen. Thank amen. you, Heavenly Father, for this time we have together in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen. amen and amen. Thank you, girl, for coming here and helping me today. Bless your heart. Okay, you're welcome. 30 minutes. Okay, and today's proverb is Proverbs 12.1. that says, to learn you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Amen. Wow.